to the Open House Podcast with James Tatum. This podcast is about conversations that we have in the gym, everything from training methods, technique, massage, and other odd topics that come up. So be sure that you subscribe, write a review, any of that stuff. It all helps us out a lot. So getting right into it, it's just me today. Today I wanted to talk a little bit about periodization. And I realized that's kind of like a... It's... It's almost like an intimidating word, and it makes it sound like a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit uh, more complex than it actually is. So, to start it off with, I figured I'd look it up the definition of periodization, and it came up as uh, not even like a sport periodization. It's just the word by itself, um, and it's the act. You know what? That's not even the right. You know, they spelled it with an S instead of a Z, so it's a different word completely. But periodization, with the, it's a period, I-S-A-T-I-O-N, is the act or process of dividing history into periods. And then periodization is um, the systematic planning of an athlete, athletic or physical training. The aim is to reach the best possible performance in the most important competition of the year, and it involves blah, blah, blah. So really, it's kind of the same thing. You know, you're, what you're doing is you're taking your past experiences, this is kind of how they came around to it, and saying, hey, I'm doing better now. Let's look at history and find out when I was doing the best and make sure we manage our training so that I do the best at this time. And... I don't remember, uh, so there's a guy named Tudor Bamba, and I think this story came from him, and um, he's kind of considered the, the father of periodization, but way back in the day, they used to um, have the Olympics, and then they would have the World Championships like two weeks later. Uh, nowadays, other than in 2021, because of coronavirus, and they delayed the Olympics, but in most quads, they usually don't have a World Championships the same year that they have the Olympics. So what happened is, uh, or so back in the day they did, so they would have the Olympics and then two weeks later they would have the World Championships and some of these guys would go and compete at the uh, Olympics and then they would just kind of mess around and not do much after the Olympics because the Olympics was the important one. And, uh, and then two weeks later they would uh, out-total what they did at the Olympics and it was just kind of like, for this individual, it was kind of like a driving point home, like, oh, these people did better after two weeks of just messing around and there was lower stress and they didn't go as heavy and um, you know they did better at the world championship so they out totaled so there's a couple different factors that come into play there of course but uh, it's definitely something that you can use as information you know taking those past experiences and using them to your advantage and, and putting them into a plan and I think that story kind of came around with the whole idea of why we uh, have a two-week taper for weightlifting, and that's usually pretty uh, pretty standard. Some people do longer, some people do shorter, um, and it's really, you know, bringing it down to its basics. It's just uh, just making sure that you observe what you uh, what you're doing in training, and then you know use that information for your next training block. Uh, and I think this comes around into a, a perfect time because we just finished up at the American Open Finals in uh, Denver as a team and so we we did our two-week taper and we competed 
and uh, everyone did pretty good. And then uh, they get back, and now we're going into volume. So this is uh, this is kind of where we're going at with our uh, our periodization. So we we do about a month of of moderate volume, and then we're probably going to do a month of even higher volume, maybe not even a full month, but somewhere around there. And then we're going to start tapering that volume, which is like sets times reps times weight. And I do that in weightlifting by, you know, having more time under tension, uh, complexes, lots of sets, and things like that. And slowly we're going to decrease that volume, but we're going to increase the weight. So, uh, your body's not getting beat up as much, so it's uh, there's not as much work that you're doing, but you're doing less work at heavier weights, and then eventually your body gets used to handling heavier weights, and then you do a taper, and then you compete. Um, kind of that's that's a real general term for uh, periodization, but there's lots of different types of periodization, and again, really, you just have to look at it from a critical point of view. And, uh, and just see what works best for you. And uh, so there's, uh, there's like block periodization where they go in, in blocks. Uh, but there's a lot of different ways to do it. I'm not going to get into the specific names and all that stuff. But uh, you can do your periodization a lot of different ways. The important part is to, you know, observe when you do the best. You know, I've had, uh, there's some interesting things that I've seen uh, with different levels of athletes. So there's some beginners and intermediates who uh, actually do uh, not do well when they have a taper. And they don't do well when they, uh, when, they're, when they lower the volume. You know, they're so much of a beginner that they really do well when they've just got lots of volume and then they do a competition kind of right there in the middle of volume. So it's, it's kind of counterintuitive to what the traditional periodization would say, but you know, again, periodization is all about looking at past history and figuring out when the best time is for that individual to compete. So keeping an open mind about periodization, where somebody's periodization might be, you know, a long time where they're doing heavy singles, another person's periodization, uh, and this is what I found in kind of like beginner and intermediates, will probably happen when they're doing a lot of volume, when they're doing a lot of uh, you know, complexes to stress them. Because, uh, you know, in my hypothesis there is that uh, some of these people are, uh, when they're going into intensity phases, it's just not enough work for them and they might actually be becoming detrained because they're not, uh, they're, they're not efficient enough at weightlifting yet for heavy singles to be super stressful on them. So they're strong enough, but they just haven't been able to, uh, you know, learn the movement and kind of realize that strength enough for them to make it stressful on their body. And then they get a little detrained and then uh, they go into competition and they're kind of out of shape because of that, where they might've actually done better going in with the high volume phase. And then you have the other end of the spectrum and you got uh, different individuals respond to different things. So keeping an open mind about that too, some individuals just respond to higher reps and they just need higher reps going into competition instead of those singles. Um, but then you've got athletes who they need to do singles for a long time. And those tend to be more of those, um, those high intermediate or those advanced people uh, that need to do those 
heavy singles for a longer period of time because, uh, you know, they're getting, they're putting a lot of weight over their head. And it's so much weight that singles still provide an adequate, excuse me, an adequate stimulus so that they can, uh, you know, perform the best at competition. Because again, that's what it's all about is performing the best at, uh, at competition. So that, uh, those are just some of my thoughts that I had on periodization and uh, how to keep an open mind and not really get stuck in one way of thinking about training or anything like that. Just look and look and see what works. You know, it always comes back down to that basic rule is, you know, are you getting better? Yes. Okay. If you're getting better, you're doing something right. And then if you're, uh, if you're getting worse, you know, okay, why am I getting worse? And then you got to ask yourself a few other follow-up questions because sometimes you could be doing like a, a specific program where it's designed to kind of drive you down and then lit back off of you and then you come back out at super competition. But uh, usually that's not, that's just going to be a short term. So give yourself about three months. Give yourself a three-month span. You're like, all right, am I getting better in this three months? And keep it in, keeping your eyes on the uh, on the big picture and, you know, just uh, looking at things with an open mind. And if you're getting better, you're getting better. You're doing something right. You know, as long as you're making progress, you're, uh, you're on the right path. If you're, um, if you're getting worse or you're getting injured, getting injured is another way of, uh, of getting weaker. I mean, if you think about it, sometimes you can just do so much work and you would just get weaker and weaker and you're not responding. Eventually that will lead to a, uh, an injury. Sometimes the injury just might come first before you really even get weaker. So, you know, injury is never good. Um, and this brings me to one more topic about uh, periodization. And it's uh, when you're getting weaker, one of those factors that you have to ask yourself is, are you taking care of some of the basics? You know, all of this stuff kind of means nothing unless you're taking care of the basics, all of this data. So if you're not sleeping you know, if you're not sleeping eight hours a night, you know, that's, you know, that's one of your basics that you're not taking care of. You know, are you on a consistent schedule? Are you, uh, are you eating enough? Are you eating too much? Are you eating gummy bears instead of, um, you know, nutrient dense food? And, you know, that really, you know, some people kind of come into that whole thing where it's just like, oh, I've got this many macros, uh, cause of their diet plan. Then I'm going to spend those macros on something that I like. And, you know, if, if your only goal is to um, lose weight or gain weight, you know, that might, uh, that might have some merit. But if your other goal is to, you know, stay healthy and to get strong, you want to pack those calories full of nutrient-dense food. You know, the, um, the, the gummy bears just are not, uh, are not nutrient-dense. You know, get some, get some fruit, get some, you know, if you're getting your carbs, get some fruit. If you're getting meat... You know, get some uh, get some high quality protein. Don't just uh, settle for uh, I don't know chicken nuggets. I find myself doing that sometimes. But uh, I did just uh, I did just buy a brisket, and I am going to uh, actually carve that up today and uh, get it ready to start smoking later tonight. I'm gonna smoke it all night, and uh, we're going to have brisket at the gym for our little Christmas party. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so speaking of that, I need to get on with uh, getting that brisket ready so we can uh, 
have some meat and recover. Um, so thanks for listening. Uh, that was, was just some of my thoughts on periodization and taking care of the basics to make sure that you're, uh, you know, you give your periodization an actual honest shot instead of just uh, blaming the periodization when you're eating gummy bears. And you know who I'm talking about. You guys out there listen. All right. Well, thanks for listening. So make sure you subscribe and uh, leave a review. Uh, it's greatly appreciated. And I'll talk to you next time.